open it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luggedog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Right off the bat, I got to let you all know, this movie is going to be in my top 10 of the year. I'm pretty sure, unless we have some like real big bangers of movies coming out, this is probably top 10 worthy right now. The Harder They Fall is a 2021 American revisionist Western film uh, directed by James Samuel, who uh, co-wrote in s- with the screenplay with uh, Baz Yatkin. The film stars a fucking stellar cast. Holy Santa Claus shit. Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, R.J. Kyler, uh, Danielle DeWiler, D. Kathigi, and uh, Dion Cole. It is one of the few Westerns who uh, the principal cast members are all black. The protagonists, antagonists, everybody. Um, and have a black director as well, um, as well as on the screenplay. Although a fictional film, it is, uh, its characters are based on real cowboys, uh, lawmen, and outlaws of the 19th century American West. Uh, the Harder They Fall premiered at the BFI London uh, Film Festival on October 6th, 2021. Uh, it received a limited release on October 22nd, 2021, prior to the streaming on uh, Netflix on November 3rd. Film generally got pretty positive reviews. Now, after watching the majority of the movies uh, this year, this movie right off the bat, why is this movie so good? On top of the amazing cast, obviously, um, just uh, the stellar um what feels like a big budget behind it. Everything is running on high cylinders. I think it's great direction, great action, great cinematography, great music and composition. It's um, very, it feels very confident in the way that it's directed and the feel of it. It might be uh, about 10 minutes too long, but other than that, I feel like it's, it's one of the most impressive movies. But why is it so impressive? Well, the majority of this movie is running off of this American uh, Western revisionist vibe, but it also has this splash of rhythm and it has uh, it takes elements of reggae and elements of soul and hip hop and different types of modernized music to really integrate you into a different realm of Western than one you've ever seen. When you look at the buildings and look at the, the towns they're in, the the towns look like the towns that they were built back then, but the paint and the colors on it are so vibrant and so rich. It um, really goes to the hand and the, the, the to the key of uh, how important it is to have an interesting aesthetic. I, I felt like I had never been in a Western in this kind of, uh, I've never been in I've never seen a Western shot like this before. Now, uh, I haven't seen the movie Posse, but I believe that was the 1990s uh, kind of like black exploitation um, 
Western movie back in the day. So I don't have too much to say about that because I, I, I haven't seen it. I don't, I don't know anything about it. But um, so they have done something of this realm. But what makes this so good is not only having the stellar cast, the stellar direction, the amazing colors, the vibrant feel of the world, um, the confidence of it. It's um, like I said, the rhythm, the rhythm and the comedy in between all of the, the characters, the ability to have really intense scenes. Um, some people might say in the same realm of like a Tarantino with having really uh, intense uh, uh, suspenseful scenes, but then being able to laugh and, uh, you know, a couple couple minutes later, I realized um, that this movie was very much in the same realm as like maybe like a Django, but it's, it feels so much more like a, a, a better, not like a better version of it. Cause I feel like it's like, Oh, but we're going to make Django, but better. That sounds different. This, the, the ways that it feels like Django are obviously the, uh, the main lead of Django, the modernized music and the direction. And in this very same realm, it feels like that, but this feels a little bit more lived in as a world. I feel like they don't uh, take advantage of, the um the callousness in tarantino films like django um so i wanted to go back and live in not like live in the world but i wanted to revisit this film many times i've I've actually listened to the soundtrack and watched it several times since it's played i like just having it on the background it just sounds amazing so um i love the rhythm of this movie um it's also edited by tom eagles and cinematography by Mahai Mah uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Mahai Mahalarari, a Romanian junior, uh, a Romanian cinematographer. I have not seen this guy or heard of this guy in anything. Um, but let me see if there's anything that I've seen him do recently. So he's worked with Francis Ford Coppola on Tetro Twixt. Um, Oh, he's Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, guy as well, cinematography for The Master. Um, I have not seen that, but I've heard really good things. This is the same cinematographer from um, Jojo Rabbit with Taika Waititi directing that, The Hate You Give with George Tillman Jr. Um, and I haven't really seen anything else. Franz Ford Coppola, I haven't seen Distant Vision with, with him directing that. But um, yeah, he's got some um, amazing... Um, well, I, I I liked Jojo Rabbit. I didn't think it looked as good as this, though. I I just like the Western vistas of this and um, uh, a little bit better. I haven't seen too much of anything else he's produced, though. I, I didn't realize the master had such a good cinematographer behind him. Um, and A Walk Amongst the Tombstones, I've heard is decent, but I have not seen that. So um, let's hop into a little bit more detail about behind the scenes of this movie before we hop into spoilers. I will give you a fair heads up before we get into spoilers. Just letting you know. Um, so yeah, the music was uh, made by the same guy, that James Samuel. Very interesting guy. This For this being his feature film, his first film, he's done a couple of shorts uh, under his belt. He's had, uh, let me see, British singer, songwriter, music producer, filmmaker from London. James Samuel is a, a cinematic element to his music and uh, to his music and has accompanied most of his releases with the short music releases with the short film. Um, he's worked with like Jay-Z and stuff like that. Uh let me see Lucy Lou. I didn't know Lucy Lou did uh did music. I didn't realize she was in music. 
Um, so yeah, Samuels also served as an e, uh, executive music supervisor on the soundtrack for the 2013 film The Great Gatsby. And I believe that had the same um, uh, da, 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 The Great Gatsby. Did that have the same music producers? Let me see. Craig Armstrong was the music producer on that, so I don't see that. But yeah, um, I was very impressed by the pacing and the editing alongside with the music. I think that's what really puts this above most Westerns, most musicals. Uh, sorry, most uh, most musicals are like, hey, we're a musical. And they're like dancing. And it's like da, 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 da. It's like very uh, on the nose about it. I feel like the 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 thing that made this movie so much more enjoyable was the fact that they weren't calling themselves a musical or that they weren't calling themselves um, super attention to the music. I mean, sometimes they, they, they would just naturally start singing in a scene and it's not like that they were just completely singing their emotions, but it was more just like, you know, how they were, how they were going to deal with something. It, it, it wasn't exactly like storytelling when they do it. I don't necessarily always like uh, musicals that go into, and now this is how I'm feeling and this is how I feel. You know, it's like, we don't, I don't need all that, but, um, but like having Jonathan Majors walk into a bar and we're introduced to Zazzy Beats, like banging on a rifle. It's like, you know, I'm not going to go into this thing, but you know, like it feels like this, like, rhythm that comes into each scene that is uh and cannot be understated enough and actually i gotta say this is one of the problems that i had with uh eternals eternals the first hour especially did not have any rhythm and we had uh, the game of thrones composer behind it on the music i couldn't tell you any a single note that um happened in the eternals with regards to the music um and I just felt like I was watching, like, I was like, this is how you do it. Watching The Harder You Fall, I was like, this is how you have all of these different characters. You're able to juggle all these different characters, have these different tones, that type of thing. I know it's two different types of movies, but I was like, in essence, it's like you're still dealing with a lot of characters. This, uh, uh, the story is a lot more high concept for this movie, but um, as opposed to the low concept Eternals movie. Um it's easier to follow and understand it's just everything that Eternals did not do good. I felt like this did right. I was just like so blown away. I watched The Harder They Fall the same weekend as Eternals, Fitch, and Finch. Sorry, Finch, the Tom Hanks movie with the robot. And um, I liked this one a lot more um, than both of those. So it just felt so much more original of an idea and original of a story. Um, and unexpected. I, I think having the unexpected element of this movie really plays in its favor. So, you know, with everything I've said, if you haven't even seen this movie, I would absolutely recommend this movie, mostly because people are going to be talking about it. People are going to want to re re-listen to this album and relive this world. Um, and I think they leave the door open with the possibility to have more movies in this realm, not necessarily with the same characters, but I think that they absolutely could continue this. I don't see the uh, budget on here, but I was pretty, uh, pretty impl impressed. Um, impressed. <laughs> um, let's see what we got. Okay, so 
Yeah, 139 minutes. I did start to feel the uh, my my biggest complaint was I think around the third act. So there's two two complaints I have on here. Relatively minor in in comparison to how good the movie was. It didn't detract me from wanting to rewatch or re-listen or anything about the movie. Um, one. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the pacing. The pacing around uh, the third act. <clears throat> excuse me. The the to get to the final act, it it takes a little bit while. It drags its feet. I think about the hour forty minute mark, and I'm just like, all right, we can really pick it up here. The the, the pacing's kind of like lulling a little bit. So, I felt like it could have been uh, cut out just a tad bit there, and um, I think that was it off the top of my head. I think I had one more, but. So the pacing, the music was good, the uh, tonal shifts, all good. The way that it ends, I thought it, I, I liked. I liked the way that it ends. A lot of movies that start off this strong do not end on such a high note or such a strong note at the end. Um, that would that would probably be my one of my only things that. Or it's not a criticism. I'm just saying that this it it definitely left on a high note and. Um, I got to say the casting, whoever did the casting for the kids and for the casting for just the entire crew. I mean, it from Jonathan Majors to Idris Elba to um, uh, Nat Love, who is young, young Jonathan Majors, his family. And it's it's just very uh, impressive going back and look. I was like, these people look like they could actually be related in a way. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Um, makeup was not distracting in a way. I, I will say what was a, a slab bit distracting for me, which uh, it could just be me. I've never heard it. It sounded a little I was distracted occasionally by Regina King's um, accent. It felt like it sometimes came in and out of like a modern day Brooklyn accent. I don't know where Regina King is actually from, but I feel like she's probably from like, okay, she's from Los Angeles. But I feel like she always talks like she's from like the Bronx or something like that. I always feel like she always, you know, like I'm walking here and like talking here. Like she has all, you know, the all kind of thing. Um, but it sounded a little bit like she had like a South African or not South, just an African um, or maybe some sort of South African um, accent that was kind of going along with it. And it was a tad bit distracting for me. But that's just me personally. If if that character actually did sound like that, I mean, I, who am I to say what she did or didn't sound like? Um, but, yeah, that was the only thing. I had never heard or seen that before. I don't think of, uh, you know um, – so let me see. She was Trudy Smith. I don't have any information on her. I think everyone else was uh, a, a person that was of historic and had was in history of some sort. Um. So let me see. Let me see. Let me see. All right, we are going to hop into the. I was going to say we're going to hop into the podcast. We're going to hop into the spoiler section for. The Harder They Fall 2021. Once again, I would give this an 8 out of 10. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing if there's anything I must. Oh, damn. There's a lot of people that could have been in here. Hold on. Sorry. I, before we get into the spoilers, 8 out of 10. I want to give a little bit of production notes before we get into spoilers. So hold on tight. So the film was announced in July 2029. Sorry. Yeah, 2029. It's 2029, 2019. I don't know what year it is. <laughs> the film was announced in July 2019 when uh, Jonathan Majors was cast to star in it. Um, you just musician. Um, 
the musician, um, James Samuel co-wrote and directed the film. Um, Idris Elba would join in November and Jay-Z would produce the film was, um, and was announced to be writing original music for the film. By September 2020, Zazie Beetz, Lakeith Stanfield, Delroy Lindo, and Regina King would be new cast members added to the film. Filming had been uh, scheduled to begin in March 2020 in Santa Fe, Mexico, but was delayed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Cynthia Riva, Wesley Snipes, and Sterling K. Brown, who were initially cast, had uh, to exit due to delays caused by the pandemic. All would have been excellent choices. Like I would, uh, I mean, I liked what we got. I, I really loved the cast in this, and I wouldn't change really any character. I thought everyone played their part so well. Um, I don't feel like I've seen Delroy Lindo being in enough either. Um, I did find it funny that Regina King was in Watchmen, I think 2019. And then, and it had like featured Bass Reeves in that, um, that serial, uh, serial, sorry, that, um, that, that television show. And so she's showing up again in this movie that has Bass Reeves. I was like, oh, this is small world, I guess. Um, but all Cynthia Riva, Wesley Snipes, Sterling K. Brown, all would have been great. I bet Wesley Snipes would have been a, a hilarious, or probably a little bit more um, comedic version of Idris Elba. But I, Elba brings such a presence that you're like, this guy, you do not want to mess with this guy. And I got to say several times, in this movie, rewatching it, I feel like they do such an excellent job of setting up the stakes of understanding this guy's a big fucking deal. Even when it came down to, uh, at one point, I think the, oh, uh, what's his name? Is it Dion Cole? Um, he was, I think he plays the um, uh, the sheriff at one point, And he's, this is not really a spoiler, but he's like practicing what he's or sorry he's you think he's talking to uh, rufus buck who's idris elba's character and he's like trying to really uh, you know rally you up thinking he's going to he's talking directly to him he's like a hard ass and whatnot and then the camera pulls out and all of a sudden Dion cole's just talking to himself and he's actually just alone in a room and it's um the way that is shot i was like damn they they uh they're able to you know pipe up two different characters in the scene using just one, but I felt like the scene was shot so well and you have the gravitas of Dion Cole's like grabbly voice. It's like you honestly believe that this sheriff and this uh outlaw really have beef. Um and I do think the the writing in it obviously uh serves this movie as well in the the tone department when it comes from the dramatic elements to the more the funny elements i think it's able to walk that tightrope really well and that's what most movies have trouble doing um so yeah let me see anything else we need to talk about before we get into spoilers filming commenced in september 2020 but was paused on october 15th after a background actor tested positive for covid19 so it's it went through the struggles just about everyone just about uh like every other um every other production has gone through as well so yeah um 86 percent out of 148 Critics gave positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, the website's critics census reads, It isn't as bold and fearless as its characters, but the heart of the falls fills its well-worn template with style, energy, 
and a fantastic cast. Um, I can't disagree with that. So let's hop into spoiler section right now. All right, I'm going to get a little coffee before we get started. What does everybody think about The Harder They Fall? Did you like The Harder They Fall? Did you uh, watch it as many times as I did? I think I've watched it two and a half times, like maybe three if you include it once in the background. Listen to the album twice. And I'm like, this is so good. I haven't liked a movie this much since like uh, Bo Burnham's Inside um, when it provided such an amazing album as with all these uh, different types of uh, visuals on there as well. And again, that's a Netflix. So I'm, this is almost two for Netflix. If we look at the list, I need to start making my top 10 of the year list and I need to get a couple other movies under my belt. But um, yeah, let's hop into the spoiler section. For The Heart of the Fall 2021. Nat Love, played by Jonathan Majors, is eating dinner with his parents when Rufus Buck and his gang come to their house. Right before they come to his house, I remember that they, I'm pretty sure Ruf, uh, Nat Love is like trying to pull out like a little guitar at the beginning and or like a ukulele kind of thing or whatever it's called. I don't remember. Um, but he's like, no, no. His father's like, no, 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 not now. And that's almost the first inclination that is going to have some sort of style and rhythm. And, uh, and, and the scene is really intense at the beginning. I, I kind of wish I would have given everybody a heads up that the scenes at the beginning are probably the most intense. Um, but, you know, with saying that, um, it, the rest of the movie is a pretty damn good time. And it sets the stakes for how uh, intense this guy is. I will say that this movie feels like a Western. It feels like a musical and then it has like this religious undertone on top of it being a black cast, an all black cast. Very interesting. So uh, Nat Love is eating dinner with uh, his parents when Rufus Buck and his gang come to their house. He slowly gunned down, he guns down his parents and carves a cross into his head. And just like that, we understand the origin story of Nat Love. So 20 years later, an adult love, an adult love, Nat Love, uh, now an outlaw kills one of the gang members in revenge. Meanwhile, his parents, sharpshooter, sorry, meanwhile, his parents. Meanwhile, his partners, sharpshooter Bill Pickett and quick draw Jim Beckworth ambush another gang and steal their haul from a recent bank robbery. The lone survivor tells them that the 25000 they have stolen belongs to Buck. Love travels to meet his former lover, Mary Fields, played by Zazie Beats who runs a chain of saloons. Pickett brings news of the heist to love. So we are introduced to Nat Love, the origin story, Rufus Buck. We understand to an extent that Rufus Buck is being hunted down by Nat Love, or at least to a degree. Um, Nat Love 
is taking out some of the associates of Rufus Buck. And something has happened to Rufus that we don't exactly get to see. This movie feels confident enough that it, it doesn't have to tell us everything, but we, it tells us enough that Regina King, um, Lakeith Stanfield, playing Lakeith Stanfield as Lakeith Stanfield, as Cherokee, um, what is the name? Cherokee Bill. <laughs> I mean, he's Lakeith Stanfielding like to the most. And I, I love his character with saying that. But I mean, it was like if anybody could list Lakeith Stanfield, we need him right now. And he's like playing this, uh, you know, this uh, outlaw with a code. But the code's really not that big of a code. You know, he still just kills people. Whoever's left, whoever's left standing is really his code. Um, but anyways, he plays a really calm, cool collective cowboy and he's one of the coolest characters in this movie so we get a lot of uh show don't tell and i think that's where this movie thrives in so many different ways um sometimes we're just getting looks from different people like intimidating looks sometimes we're getting uh like the first scene we really get with Idris Elba exiting the cell, which I'll talk about in a second, is one of the coolest scenes. It could be done in uh, a silent film by how uh, visually uh, visually arresting it is, but also just like the the dialogue is good, but you really don't need the dialogue because you understand that this guy is a fucking badass and it's a straight up train heist. Uh, for stealing um, uh, Idris Elba's character. So, um, yeah, we we learned about the entire gang. I got to say having um, CJ, sorry, RJ, CJ, RJ Kyler as Jim Beckworth. He is hilarious. I haven't seen him in many things, but apparently he's uh, probably more or less a continuing upcoming comedian. He was on Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, Power Rangers, and Scream. Um I think he's going to continue to get a lot of acting work after this because he's just funny as hell. Um, Jonathan Majors can't say enough good things about him. He can fucking take any role at this point that I I, I, I saw him take on the, the role as Kang. I've seen him in Lovecraft Country. I'm going to go back and watch Lovecraft Country, I think, after this just to kind of get my uh, head around Um Major's performance. But I think he can carry comedy. I think he can carry drama. I think he is every bit of uh, uh, the same acting style as like the charismatic uh, uh, Denzel Washington type. You know, he's he can just lead the he can hold the screen. He's got screen presence. And Idris Elba, he's just like Jonathan Majors, but just like, uh, you know, bigger, better, uh, older version, not like better, but like when I say like He's just a more seasoned version of him, and it just feels like he can just be in a presence. He can loom in the background of a movie, and you're just like, oh, I can't wait to see some Idris Elba action. And Zazie Beats, for her to be able to stay uh, on screen with Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield. We have Zazie Beats and Lakeith Stanfield from Atlanta, so we know that they're they're great from that. But for Zazie to hold her own with all of these fantastic actors that have not only been on uh, decades of television but decades of movies as well, Zazie's pretty young in comparison, as well as Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, They're both 
relatively young in comparison to all of these uh, actors that I feel like they've been in the game a lot longer, especially Regina King. I, I think I, I'm more familiar with Regina King than any of the other actors. So just to say that the, the casting is phenomenal. Obviously, Delroy Lindo is amazing. Um, what was it? Uh, Coffee, uh, Danielle DeWiler. I really liked how she kind of played. She's uh, the unspoken, uh, either lesbian or bisexual character, non-binary character, whatever, um, of the group. And I think that it really shows the progression of like, yeah, there probably would be some tough, badass women um, that were kind of in the same realm, not, you know, non-binary, I guess, type of way. Um, and of course, uh Eddie Eddie Gathiki as Bill Pickett. I think he's he plays like the sniper. He's like always got a sniper guy up on the roof. Um, I can't say enough good things about him. Him, him and um, CJ Kyler just have hilarious banter between each other, and it's not to the point where it's like you want to tear your hair out yet. Dion Cole as the sheriff. I loved his scenes. He got his ass whooped, but he still, uh, when Idris Elba's like, I struck gold, bam. I was like, God dang. And they did like the, the screenshot, it was like they, they paused it when he was getting hit in the fucking mouth with the, the back of the uh, the rifle, the bunt of the rifle. And when Regina King did that, the, 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 the camera is so confident that the, 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 the person that is watching it, they don't always have to say like Regina King, give me the gun. It's just like in two seconds, because Idris Elba or sorry, because Rufus Buck and Trudy have probably done this before. He just reaches back and she gives him the gun and he whacks the buck out of him because she knows what he's about to do. Um, and I feel like that's just the confidence in the filmmaking. It's just like these people have been doing this for so long. This is how natural they are. They don't have to say anything to each other. They just uh, when when Idris is getting out of the jail cell, he puts his head on Regina, Regina King's uh, shoulder. He does the same thing to uh, Cherokee Bill's head. They bring their heads together. It's just visual storytelling to the max. And uh that's what I love. That's what I feel like we we have not been getting enough of, of just visual, natural storytelling that feel like the camera is just rolling. Sometimes when when it feels flawlessly done in that way, it's just like, oh, that's awesome. That, that is a perfect scene to do. That's a perfect thing to do. Like easily Idris Elba could walk out and be like, my brother. You know, he could easily be obnoxious and, you know, brothers and sisters. He could be over abundance of, uh, with the antagonist role, but he keeps it low key. And I think that that makes it almost even more realistic and a little bit more uh down to earth even when he's like walking out this is still one of my favorite scenes how they do it when he's walking out and he's like inhaling and the the camera's like warping in and then warping out as he's exhaling i was just like this is so creative i was i was blown away on top of the titles being shown i have so much to say about this movie there's just so much creativity going on that i i want to just rewatch it from like a technical standpoint just to see it's like really cool to see uh the credits i've seen the credits done stylized in this way if you watch the the marketing for this movie 
Um, it, they do it in the same realm. It's like they'll do the action scene and they're like walking through the the credits or going through them and stuff like that. And they're interacting kind of around the world. It's just really cool and it feels uh, lived in. I've heard that it's kind of compared to like a comic book in that realm, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a comic book in like that. I would say it's more – it is very splash panel-y in, in some realms, but – in some ways, but uh, ultimately, I thought just the stylistic flares of this were amazing. So, anyways, uh, when when we're introduced to almost every scene, they have this really uh, intricate music that's coming in in some different fashion. Sometimes it kind of has this more like when he's walking through the it's like oh shit, they got the Jamaican vibe going in when he's Jonathan Majors is like walking into the going into the city and stuff like that. I was like that's so cool, um, and uh, when. There's the transition from going from title to from when he's being his head's being carved in by Idris Elba, Rufus Buck. I think they they like show the the cross that's being uh, put into his uh, the cross that's being put into his um, head. It's like, oh, my Lanta. Um, but then it also is like pulling out of a title sequence that has Texas as a cross. And so you, you're getting these over layers of these transitions as well. So I just wanted to say all that kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but I just got to say there's so much technical, uh, beautiful transitions and creative juices flowing all over the screen. I know that's kind of nasty, but it's still just like, I was just like in love with this movie from like so many different, um, angles. So, Buck's gang, led by Trudy Smith and Quick Draw Cherokee Bill, uh, retrieve Buck from a train leaving from Yuma. Speaking of uh, what good westerns, 310 to Yuma was a great movie, um, where he had been incarcerated. So I basically just described this entire scene, you know, slow-mo, him getting out. Uh, we're introduced to Cherokee Buck. He's like, I don't, you know, we learn about his code. He's like, I don't like inflicting violence, but I might enjoy inflicting violence on people that might deserve it kind of thing. It's like, he has an interesting code. Um, so, uh, what else do we got after uh, okay, the entire movie kind of, I don't feel like it keeps saying it that we don't get like a, a big sign. that says Rufus Buck is like wanted for 25,000 or however much, a uh, bunch of money. We don't get a big wanted poster. So we don't need the big wanted poster. We don't need to be handheld through this. And um, I don't feel like it is. Um, and a lot of Ruf, Rufus Buck, uh, he's going back and getting his revenge through most of this movie. It's a double revenge story, but that's 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 the thing about it. Um, that I like that we don't have to hear too much about what had happened before uh, Rufus getting um, – taken by uh, Bass Reeves. I believe it was Bass Reeves that took him in. Um, and it looked like maybe Dion Cole's Wiley Esco's character was involved with it as well. So, um, so arriving in his former stronghold of Redwood City, it is now run by Buck's associate, Wiley Escrow, played by Dion Cole. Although left in charge by Buck, Esco has 
used the position to profit for at uh, an expense of the town. We also find out that almost everybody that had uh, all the guys that had been shot by the guys that were the the bad guys that were incarcerating um, uh, Rufus Buck, all those guys in that train. They had ransacked a town for like silver or something like that and just killed everybody. I was like, mm, are these guys working for the government or are they private? I was a little bit – I don't really know who who took Rufus Buck. It felt like it was supposed to be the government, but then they had done some terrible things. So it's like, all right, we need Regina King's uh, – uh, you know, we need the gang to take them out. Um, so let me see. Although left in charge by Buck, Escrow has used his position to profit at the expense of the town. Buck beats him, ordering him to leave the town. And it is like, Jesus, an ass whooping. I mean, he, like I said, he gets the gun from Regina King and wham. And this is after, uh, what's it, uh, Wiley gets one little swipe on Rufus Buck. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's, it's coming. And then he gets down in his face and the camera's all like, you know, he's seeing stars and 20 different Rufus Bucks. And he's like, if you don't get the fuck out of my town, then I'm going to buck you up. But, you know, I'm going to buck you up. So, um, Buck gathers the townspeople and tells them that they will need $50,000 to save the town. And $50,000 in like the 1800s is, that's got to be millions, right? I don't know. I don't have it off the top of my head, but to save the town and proposes a tax to raise the money. He kills a man who objects, uh, but accepting the townsfolk cannot raise the, sorry, but the accepting townsfolk cannot raise the full amount. So even if they wanted to, they can't get that much money. I don't, I don't know why it was that much money, but uh, that would be a lot for a specific, that town, I guess. I don't, maybe, but I, I, I don't have the reasoning why they needed that specific amount, but I know they did need a pound. I think they went to that, uh, the bank teller and they said that, oh yeah, we need, we need the money. That might've been it. Infield Saloon, Marshall Bass Reeves arrests Love. Um, and then removing him in handcuffs. Uh, so there's this big deal about Bass Reeves coming in and taking uh, Jonathan Major's Nat Love character. Um, they basically needed to make it look like he's being taken in. But Bass Reeves is actually a good sheriff. He's just not going to take in Nat Love. I guess he just understands his situation. He's like, he's just a, a guy getting revenge on all these other outlaws and stuff like that. But um, I do got to say when uh, Jonathan Majors kills the scorpion at the beginning, he's like, go ahead and take this body in, priest. And he's like, why don't you do it? He turns to the camera. He says, the, the body's going to be worth five. And he's like, the, the priest turns to him. He's like, why don't you uh, take it in? And Jonathan Majors is like, I'm worth 10. I was like, oh, she, dog. I was like, that's what it's going to be. I was like, so it's going to be like that. I was like, this is going to be a fucking sick ass movie. Um, I was just like blown away delivery the lines i was like did i just get mind blown from having a horror scene at the beginning to having an action scene to having a com comedy uh, a comedy line all in like 
10 minutes. The first 10 minutes of this movie are unspeakably good just because it just puts you in the hands. It feels like you're put in the hands of like uh, uh, watching a master at work, 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 you know, like it, it was very impressive. So, um, yeah, continuing on. We so yeah, Marshall uh, Bass Reeves fake arrests Nat Love, and eventually um, Zazie Beats has to you know, meet up with them, and the whole gang is all meeting up together and stuff. So the arrest was staged so that they can hunt down Buck without involving Love's uh, gang. But um, Reeves is angry because Buck has been pardoned. Um. And knows Love wants revenge. Love's gang, however, accompanied by Fields and her friend, Cuffy, suspect a ruse following Love and Reeves, insisting on joining. I'm glad they didn't make a whole big thing thing about it. it the gang could have been like, do, 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 you know, like trying to follow Bass Reeves and Nat Love to see what they were doing. They, they just completely skip it. They just meet up with them and they... Everyone's on the same page. Really enjoy that. Um, so they encounter Esco, and uh, who tells them Buck has returned to Redwood. Fields volunteers to scout Redwood under the um, under the cover of offering to buy Smith's saloon. The night before she leaves, Love proposes, but she turns him down. And I love the uh, one, the lighting. I love the um, the way that they're able to just sing in this next scene and it not feel awkward. He's just like casually singing. They don't have any. I think it's just uh, there's no musical instruments or anything, so it's all acoustic. Um, very, it feels very. I think it is. It feels very natural. Um. I also thought this was a dumb plan. I thought the whole plan for Zazzy Beats to go in alone under the ruse of all that and think Idris Elba and Regina King didn't know what's up. I, I was in the same realm as the bad guys. I was like, this is a dumb idea. So I felt like, I was like yikes. Um, I don't know if that was the best idea. And we find out it probably wasn't. So when Fields arrives in Redwood, Smith takes her prisoner and beats her. Um and eventually, I mean, the the whole scene of her walking in, she she basically holds her own up until she gets into the club. And the club has this uh, one of my favorite songs is played while this one lady is doing like acrobatic dancing around this modern day feeling club, and it's it's amazing. It's a beautifully shot. What feels like. Uh, almost like a music video scene, um, but it doesn't draw too much attention to the music, to the feel, to the part where it feels like we're not watching a movie anymore. I thought that this this is one of those movies that has a perfect blend of being able to have important um, rhythmic music that also tells the story. I feel like sometimes movies have the problem of not giving us the actual story along with the rhythm. They're like, oh, this this song's going to be good. Let's hit this song. Let's do this song. You know, they just play the next hot song. It's not exactly the cool. It, it, it doesn't always go with the rhythm. So um, 
So yeah, I thought the plan was kind of dumb that she she goes in there because Regina King and Idris Elba immediately are like, you think we were born yesterday? Oh, hell no, wham! And they whack fucking uh, uh, Zazzy Beats. I was like, oh, Zazzy's so done. I was like, I don't know how dark the movie was going to get. I think the movie hits perfect tones of darkness in just about every part. Um, it doesn't go too dark, but it just gets you right to the edge. It's like, don't do it. It's like, oh, not, not too much torture, not too – there wasn't like an over abundance of like racism, like what feels like in Django, um, just mean-spirited uh, script. I, I just feel like this is a world I want to relive in again, not necessarily go in this specific world, but I want to rewatch the movie. I, I want to enjoy my, my watch. So um, yeah, she's taken prisoner and beat and is beaten. Then she says she will hold her hostage for a day and then kill her if no one comes to fetch her. Love's gang arrives the same night, but Smith insists he, sorry, but Smith insists he joins Field uh, Fields in captivity, which he does. Smith has been beaten. Then Buck tells him to release Fields. Love will need to do. Sorry, Love will need to rob a bank in Marsville, a white town, and give Buck the money. I did feel like this side tangent right here is where the movie starts to lose its hinges of being a well-paced movie. I feel like this is the part where they wanted to have kind of this big reveal of the Marsh town. Uh, sorry, the white town. Mar sorry, Marysville, a white town. Um, and for them to just blow up the money at the end, and I guess it's unusable, um, feels kind of like a waste of a trip. And it was mostly just for like laughs, mostly, because it doesn't really feel like it comes back in any way. Um, that's where I kind of, I'm kind of lost. Like it was a funny couple scenes, but it's, it's like, I don't know. It was mostly just to put, uh, Cuffy and address, maybe laugh at that. RJ uh, and then Jim's laughing at. Her. He's like, "Oh, that's a shortcut." Like looking, it's like, dude, can you not look at her ass while he's doing that? And he's like, "I know some of y'all were feeling that. I know y'all, some of y'all had feelings for her, but I didn't even know she was a, she was a woman." It's like, all right, dude. So clearly, you had uh, you had some feelings, Jim. Um, but still, I was uh, <laughs> I was like, I just felt like I could have done with this this whole middle section if this was the episode if this was made in like four different episodes this would be the week episode of them going to the quote-unquote white town because the end is so good the end is so good that i don't think this middle this little last part really lives up to it but that's just me some people probably had a better feeling with it reeves and uh love agree buck will not release mary even if they hand over the money Esco supplies them with a full cart of guns and dynamite. They take the money into Redwood in two cars, one which is a dummy, both primed with dynamite. After the dummy wagon is destroyed, killing some of Buck's henchmen, Love hands over the money but is stopped by leaving by Cherokee Bill. Beckwood challenges him to a quick draw contest, but is shot and killed by Bill while count while counting down. Cherokee Bill is the fastest drawman because he doesn't 
he 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 doesn't abide by the count. <laughs> He's basically, you know, whoever is left standing at the end is is the winner, you know. He's like, it is what it is. I don't know if I can do a Licky Stanfield impression. Um, I'd have to listen to him. He, he kind of like, it's not quite mumbling, but it's not like he's emoting to a certain degree. He emotes in the same kind of style or intellect or something. I, I can't exactly get it off the top of my head what what it is, but he, he's just like really chill. He's not the type of cowboy that's going to, Tighten up his gun belt and really do it. He's going to just holster his gun and then bang or bang or bang. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, boom, you know, <laughs> uh, or he's just going to do it before the count. So a gunfight erupts um, and they kill Jim. Jim is just like there's several scenes where Bass Reeves like you're going to get yourself killed. You're going to get yourself killed. All of y'all. Gonna get yourselves killed, and he basically called it. I honestly thought that Bass Reeves was gonna be one taken out. He's like the Obi Wan of the group, in my opinion. And I was like, oh, he's definitely done in the third act. That was one part I was not able to predict that they didn't take him out. But if there's any more of these movies, they probably will take out Bass Reeves. Actually, I don't know. I I don't know how. Bass Reeves ended uh, ended his his life ended. Um, damn, over three thousand arrests of dangerous criminals. That dude, and he had a gnarly mustache. Oh my gosh! So uh, I'm actually looking at some of the characters that. So wow. So Nat Love. I'm I'm actually looking at on uh, Wikipedia some of the the characters that they played. Jonathan Majors. Nat Love looked more like a, a an. Uh, and I'm like an American Native American Indian, but I guess um, I guess he was black. Um, Rufus Buck, I don't see what I don't know which one he is, but you know they look like they got a little gang going on. Uh, Stagecoach Mary, who is Zazie Beats. Oh, she looked like a badass. She looks like she is not taking none. She always got this got a gun and ready. Uh, first African American female star route male mail carrier. Oh wow, that's very cool. Uh, Trudy Smith. I don't have anything on her. I wonder if she was not a character. But she was a made up character. Um, Cherokee Bill. Uh, he he definitely he must have been uh, Native American because he doesn't look black to me. Um, let me see. He t- Jim Beckworth. He looks a little bit older than what C.J. Kyler was, maybe 15 years older. Um, He was uh, known as Bloody Arm because of his skill as a fighter. He was mixed race and born into slavery in Virginia. He was freed by his white father. Oh, wow. Um, That's interesting. Um, be interesting to kind of go into some of these uh the history of some of these characters and some of the characters that we didn't make it we could have flashbacks with and learn a little bit more about these characters as real um real people um oh yeah and i guess coffee was um a real person uh, back in back in history uh, modeled after kathy Williams, African-American soldier who enlisted in the United States Army under the pseudonym William Cathay. Uh, 
She was the first black woman to enlist and the only documented woman to serve in the United States Army posing as a man during the American Indian Wars. Wow, that's that's fascinating. I'm 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 having a very interesting time seeing what feels like the Avengers of black outlaws and protagonists and ta- and antagonists. It's very cool to see all this. What feels like a very underrepresented section of um, uh, American culture. Um, I mean, what I think there's a statistic. I don't take this right off the top of my head. I've somewhere with like one in four. Uh, Cowboys were black, so it's like it's time to see these stories, if not sooner. So um, back to the story. Bill Beckworth challenges him to a quick draw, but sh- uh, to a quick draw contest, but is shot and killed by Bill. Um, while counting down, a gunfighter rips during the which Pickett, Coffee, Reeves, and Love kill most of Buck's gang. And the money is destroyed in another explosion. Escrow infiltrates Buck's house with more dynamite, um, but is killed by Buck while Pickett and Love are wounded. Um, I'd say it's a pretty intense gun gun battle. I don't think there was a point where I really thought that they were going to lose. Maybe for like half a second when Bass Reeves and Majors are, uh, sorry, Nat Love are, you know, behind something, but then the music swells and he, all of a sudden he gets, a, do, 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 you know, like he just all of a sudden goes for it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the majority of the time I was like, yeah, the Majors is definitely going to get this. I don't know if he's going to get it alive, but I think his goal is going to be completed. So thus we we good. Um, where else do we got? Um, Love kills most of Buck's gang. Escrow infiltrates Buck's house with more dynamite and is killed by Buck while Pickett and Love are wounded. The entire time it felt like this was the coming down of uh Rufus Buck. He he just he sees everybody getting taken out left and right. I think it's after I think it's after Cherokee Pill Bill goes down. Mary is freed by coffee and pursues uh Smith, who she defeats in a hand to hand uh fight. That's uh Mary uh Zazie Beats and uh Regina King just decide to go at it and it is it, it's cross fading. Sorry, it's not cross fading, it's uh editing between uh, the gun battle, we have Virginia King and uh, Zazzy Beats deciding just to go hand to hand. Boom, boom, boom. And the colors are just popping off the screen. The ass whoopings just whap. It's just going crazy. And um, I was here for it. I was here for it all. Um, I think that the editing in this final battle is, is impressive. So um, – yeah, she defeats her hand-to-hand fight during a lull. Pickett is shot in the back by Bill, um, who is subsequently killed by uh, Coffee. And um, I just knew Bill was going down. He didn't feel like a big enough character that they keep around. But I, I, when Jim went down, Bill went down, and you know they were both the the two comedic elements at the beginning that were kind of bouncing off each other. And I just knew that. There were several times Bass Reeves just was like foreshadowing it, basically saying, looking, Bass Reeves was doing everything but looking at the camera and saying, you know, they ain't going to make it. (laughs) So um, 
So yeah, Pickett is shot in the back by Bill, uh, Cherokee Bill, who is subsequently killed by Coffee. And Coffee has like a really intense standoff where she's he, she calls him on it. She's like, you know, Jim was faster. Jim would have kicked your ass if you would have been abiding by the count. And I love how she calls him on it. And, you know, Cherokee Bill, right before he's shot, he just holsters his gun. He's like, you know, and then like, boom. And then we see the, the look on coffee. She's like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, they got coffee. And it's like, I guess what the director says is we want you to look really intense. If you were in a standoff, you want to look really intense like you got shot, but you didn't get shot. And so that's what happened to coffee. And uh, thus she lives and Jackie Bill's like, God, dang, you didn't have to do me like that. <laughs> um. I, I will say one of the small things, again, like I keep thinking of the small things I really loved about this movie. Um, when Cherokee Bill kills Bill, uh, Bill Pickett, Bill turns around and he's like, he's, I, I don't remember where he shot. I think he's like shot in the like stomach or something like that, in the back maybe, I don't know. But he's like trying to grab uh, Cherokee Bill. He's trying to grab Lakeith Stanfield. He's like, he's like, brother, no, brother, no, brother, no. He's like, you know, you knew that what this was, you know, and um, I was like, ooh, this is a this is a touching scene. Like um, it feels like friends taking out each other in a way. It's like, ooh, that's kind of hard to see. It's like outlaws taking out outlaws and you don't really want to see anybody die because everybody's a kind of a cool character. But it's like, ooh, damn, that hurt. Um, and then he says something in like uh, Native American or something like that. It's like if the more you struggle, the worse it'll bring bad karma for you in the afterlife or something like that. I was like, this is intense. So yeah, that was that was a whole thing. Um, so subsequently, Bill is uh, subsequently killed by coffee. Nat Love enters Buck's house, but finds him unwilling to defend himself. Instead, Buck tells him about his own parents. His outlaw father killed his mother after a long period of abuse and then abandoned him when he was 10. So rightfully, there was some bad blood going on with uh, the Rufus Buck family of it all. Um... And this was kind of like, holy shit, I didn't even think about this. I know it, it is kind of cliche to say, and I'm your brother or I'm your sister or, you know, it it feels a little bit soap opera when you say it like that. But we have like the most stellar actors on screen right now and their dialogue. I'm I'm listening. I'm, I'm believing every bit of it. And going back and watching the original movie, when I was watching the movie at first, I was like, I didn't understand. You obviously don't understand that uh, Rufus Buck is trying to find his father um, and decides to kill him and his, his new family and basically live, leave his stepbrother alive. Um, it's like, holy shit, you just like, you almost have to rewatch it just to get a whole new perspective of it. But, um, yeah, there's, there's small elements that I feel like they, they hint to such as the father who plays, um, Mr. Love, uh, Idris Elba's father in the movie looks so much like Idris Elba, uh, or Rufus Buck. And I think they do an excellent job of not doing, they don't show Rufus Buck, so they don't really, I don't, or they don't show him a lot at the very beginning of the scene. 
so they don't have to do tons of de-aging and stuff like that. You get that it's Rufus Buck. And, you know, he, his father's like, your quarrel's with me. And, you know, he, you know, there's just like really intense acting at that point. But anyways, um, again, that goes to the casting. So I was like, wow, I didn't even see this coming at all. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, bad blood between Rufus Buck and everybody, you know, the family. So Buck subsequently hunted his father down, finding he changed his ways and name and reveals that his father was also Love's father as well. He killed his father in revenge. He says the real revenge was driving Love into outlawry, outlawry, um, and he scarred Love's face so that he would recognize him when he saw him again. And the whole time we're like, wait, what? Why did he scar him with a cross on his face? And it's like, oh my gosh. It's like traumatize the kid. Then you have the the signal for when the kid comes back for you. It's like this is this is like next level. I think it's the, the scarring. It's not just the killing. It's almost like the Batman beginning, you know, except imagine if the 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 guy that killed Batman's parents like literally scarred the uh, Bruce Wayne at the beginning with like a, a bat symbol or something like that. So thus the Batman was born, you know? Um, so um, it's, it's an intense dramatic scene, but ultimately love, uh, you know, what's it? Buck is going up to him. And he's like, you're going to, you, you're going to take your revenge. You know, it's time for you to take your revenge. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. And he's like, he really isn't Nat, uh, Nat Love is not really looking at him, but he kind of like turns back. And as the closer as Rufus Buck gets, he fucking just shoots him like right in the, like the gut. And it's like, boom, Love then shoots Buck dead and then keeps on going. Just boom, boom. Um, Love and his companions bury Pickett and Beckworth alongside another grave marked Nat Love. Reeves will report Love is dead and Cuffy joins Reeves in law enforcement. I did feel like it was kind of an extra scene. It's like, well, what are we going to do now? It's, it was one of those it, what feels like extra scenes where they're like, do we know we have a good movie? If we, we, we this this scene does not feel like it was in there originally in the original script it was like they wrote the movie or shot the movie they're like we got something really good so they went and they're like all right let's see let's give a little you know epilogue kind of thing so this is what it feels like uh cuffy gets you know what she wants uh reeves gets what he wants they join law enforcement mary and love right off beautiful sunset shot on on uh on the horses and stuff like that and uh the camera pulls back and smith Regina King is looking on from a distance. And that, my friends, is The Harder They Fall 2021. Let me know what you thought about The Harder They Fall on Netflix. Let me know what you thought about the podcast, the review. Let me know how I can improve. Thumbs up. Subscribe. You know what to do. Hit that uh, subscribe button, luckadollpodcast.com to get uh podcasts early patreon.com slash look at all podcast you can get the full movie review you can get early movie reviews you can get all the good movie reviews um 
like I said, check out all the social media. The social medias for look.podcast.com are in the link. Again, thank you for watching, listening to Luckadow Podcast. We couldn't do this bang, bang without you, if you know what I mean. So, everybody, take it easy. Take it easy. And uh, let me say, so, so choose one of these videos over here if you're watching on YouTube. It's like, whoops, maybe right there. And then, whoops, right there. Right there, maybe. I don't know. Just, just support the podcast. You know what to do. Thank you. Take it easy. That being said, you are currently in company of extremely violent individuals. Jump, mother. My guns go bang. I the guns go bang. end well for you. Really?